They didn't drive all the way there for nothing. Right. They drove all, all the way there to kill their child. Yeah. And by God's grace and mercy, you were there. So whether they went six hours or 10 hours or 12 hours out of their way or whatever, they encountered you, a yeah. believer in Jesus who knows God and who shared the truth with them. I am yours, I am yours, I am yours, send me, Lord. I am yours, I am yours, I am yours. Welcome to the Gospel Centered Pro Life Podcast, a podcast designed to equip, encourage, and challenge you in pro life ministry, and always with a focus on the gospel. Stay tuned. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Welcome to the Gospel-Centered Pro-Life Podcast. My name is Vicki, and I'm here with Daniel Parks. Hey, Daniel. Hello. Hello. So, so we are here uh, recording from Charlotte, where, unfortunately, the abortion laws have not changed as a result of Roe v. Wade being overturned. And so we've been dealing with, we've mentioned this, I think, on a few podcasts, we've been dealing with really... Increased numbers yeah. from not only increased numbers, but people coming from really far away. Yeah. Sometimes there was someone from Mississippi that we dealt with not too long ago. I have seen California tags in there. I doubt they're really from California, but Alabama. Today yeah. we saw a few people from Alabama. So here we are in North Carolina, and we're seeing a lot of cars pulling in from Georgia, from Florida, from Tennessee, um, yeah. Alabama, those are probably yeah. the four four biggest ones. Now, I will say Charlotte is an abortion destination. We've yep. shared this often, even before the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Charlotte is an abortion destination for the entire Southeast. Right. So we've always seen people from other states, mm-hmm. um, you know, at least from South Carolina, from for South sure. From South Carolina, right? for sure. Sometimes yeah. you would think you're in South Carolina with all the tags right. yeah. of cars that are coming from South Carolina. We also have... Pretty on a pretty regular basis, seeing people from Georgia, mm-hmm. um, but not really like maybe every once in a while somebody from Alabama or mm-hmm. Mississippi or Virginia or something like that, yeah. Tennessee. But now, yeah, we're seeing definitely. I mean, I was out there a couple Saturdays ago, and I remember seeing at least three or four tags uh, from people from Alabama, which right. again is not very common. So yeah. we're definitely seeing an influx. And I think again, we've shared this that there have been some days during the week. I think a Tuesday. A couple of uh, a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. or a couple of months ago, there were like ninety people, eighty eight eighty eight people there for an abortion. Yeah, yeah. There's been several mornings that we have left at twelve thirty. We've already been there, say four hours, and we just can't be there anymore, especially in this heat. Yeah. And people are still coming in. So as we write reports every day, reporting numbers, and we've had several reports that just say sixty plus yeah. because the people are still coming yeah. in, but yeah. we just can't can't be there any longer. So that's one of the problems is the just the burnout of if you don't have enough people to cover both mornings and afternoons, since there's so many people coming now, they really are still coming in yeah. after our morning crew is ready to go home. So that's one of the issues. And the second issue, and that's what this podcast is going to really focus on, is, well, what do you do with people from three, four states away, yeah. Yeah. especially if there's not a love life presence 
that, uh, you know, or sidewalk counselors that you know of available in that community. Yeah. And this, of course, applies not just to Charlotte, but Mm -hmm. it applies to, I mean, California is one of those destination states for abortion. California, the governor there has already put up a website that uh, basically is saying for people who are out of state, and I think California is even advertising in other states and billboards and stuff like that, you can come to California for your abortion. California, and they'll help pay for you yeah, to come, I've read in some right, cases. Yeah, they'll help pay for the abortion. Right. They'll help pay for your travel there. They'll help yeah. pay for child care. Incredible. <laughs> they'll help pay for your room and board when you're there in California to have an abortion. Yeah. And so California, definitely this will apply to you folks. Like, how do you deal with people who are coming from Arizona, because we've seen that, or coming from Texas or wherever, that you know, they're far away, so your resources locally don't necessarily apply um, other states, I think probably like Washington State, I don't think they've really seen, our team there has really seen an influx of people coming from out of state, mm-hmm. but they're likely to, mm-hmm. I think mean, New York's going to be one of those destinations, it already is one of those destination cities for abortions. And so, yeah, this kind of speaks to that whole dynamic, praise God, that Roe v. Wade was overturned and that there are states that have made and are making abortion illegal or we're glad for that. Right. The reality is, though, that women are still going to seek out abortions and they're going to come to your cities where these are kind of abortion havens, abortion destinations like Charlotte, like um, places in California yeah, and other cities. So how do you deal with that? Um, and I think we're going to be talking about, of course, not just we, we do a lot of podcasts about how to reach those people, right? There's yep. no different really reaching them. In terms of what you say, there's really no difference, right? But as far as like resources and Mm -hmm. connections and things like that, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with a mom chose life here in Charlotte who is from Alabama Mm -hmm. or Nashville, Tennessee, which Mm -hmm. is one of the situations that we've dealt with? Yeah. What do you do to get her her connected? Right. Because we're not just saying don't have an abortion. We want to get her connected, get her under some discipleship, mentor program, whatever, plugged into a pregnancy center, something beyond, you know, the temptation to come back to the abortion center. So exactly. that's what we're going to be talking through. Yeah. So you, you need strategies in place, I think. Uh, and everybody is going to need to think about this. If you are in a state where you're having a huge influx, you're going to need to know how to develop those uh, resources outside of your state. Yeah. And if you're in a state where abortion has been outlawed, guaranteed you're going to have moms who have traveled to Charlotte or to one of these destination abortion states. And your role now can shift to being providing churches and resources for those women when they return home. Yeah. And um, and making yourself known yeah. to the people yeah. that are in these destination states like like in Charlotte, California. Yeah. Yeah. One so. of the things that we have, which I think is a great blessing mm-hmm. for Love Life, and one of the things I think that the Lord really in his wisdom gave us as an initiative is the House of Refuge initiative, asking churches, whether they're in a state right now that allows abortion or not, asking churches to become houses of refuge, places that men and women can run to rather than to the local abortion center, they can run to the local church. Right. And with this network of House of Refuge churches, we have over 130 I think House of Refuge churches now, okay. the goal is to have thousands of right. House of Refuge churches. Every community, churches. we would hope to have one. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because I don't think I raised the point specifically about the House of Refuge in this article. Um, can you tell folks how they, if they would like to have their church become a House of Refuge? There is, you don't necessarily have to have a Love Life presence in your city. You can still have your ch- your church 
um, become a house of refuge that, yeah. that we will equip and train and provide materials that will help that church to know how to deal with um, abortion-minded women, providing yeah. mentors, um, foster yeah. care. So, so yeah. Yeah, there's all kinds of connection pieces. If a church becomes a house of refuge church, mm-hmm. the, essentially the pastor will agree to read the house of refuge statement from the pulpit. I was just in California last week at a House of Refuge church that read the statement for the first time from the pulpit. It was powerful. Yeah. It was a congregational thing. The whole congregation was a part of this thing. The pastor is saying, as a church, here's what we will do if you find yourself in an unplanned pregnancy. Right. Here's what we will not do. We're not gossip about you. We're not going to talk yeah. about you behind your back. But what we will do is stand with you and do everything in our power to come alongside you and to help you. Yeah. So essentially, the pastor agrees to read that statement. And appoints a rep. So the pastor is not the person who's really the point person. It's a rep that they appoint. And that rep will go through a training. So we have trainings that are associated with this. And that training will teach them how to reach a mom that's in their congregation or that has been sent to their congregation and connect her with resources. And also there's like trainings and the ability to get other people in the congregation through trainings to become mentors um, for cities where there's – Abortion clinics that are functioning, there'll even be some training. There's training available for them to be uh, to do sidewalk outreach and things like that. But yeah, um, more information about this is lovelife.org/houseofrefuge, and I think you can just put in house of refuge, but you may need to put um, the little hyphens between house hyphen of hyphen refuge. Yeah. Uh, that's how it looks. I think you can just put in house of refuge, love life.org house of refuge. I'll try to put okay. a link to that put in the show the notes. Link. Yeah. But definitely get your church on board as a house of refuge. The vision for this thing is that we have a map of the whole United States of America and really can identify where these House of Refuge churches are so that women can see there's a House of Refuge church in their city. Right. And we've already started that. We've yep. already got a map of those, and we're hoping to expand that so that um, really no matter what community they, they come from. But so so I did write an article um, to go along with this podcast of some of the strategies that we really scrambled to employ um, when we discovered 90 people coming for yeah. an abortion and realized, wow, we, we don't have enough, we don't know what the resources are in these outlying areas in many cases. So one of the, the first things is um, that we have found the mentorship program of Love Life to be enormously valuable. Yeah. And the only way that I believe that people on the sidewalk can deal with the huge numbers. They cannot be responsible for following up with these women, but a mentor in that woman's area can. Yeah. So if there is not a Love Life presence in your city with Love Life mentors that have been trained, um, one of the things that we are doing is appointing phone mentors to – this is not ideal – this is if, if there is not the ideal. This is the way that we deal with the less than perfect situation. Yeah. Um, is, is appoint someone from a trained uh, mentorship program to be a phone mentor yeah. with that woman if there isn't a local presence. And while that's not ideal, oftentimes, I hear this probably more often than not from the women, one of the main factors for them being there for an abortion is they feel alone. Yeah. And a phone mentor 
can deal with that. Just being someone that they can talk to that that can help them problem solve, that can be a godly influence, that can be an encouragement with scripture, whatever, can be really, really valuable. So it's not perfect. It's not as good as someone right there in the community, but it. I, I just want to point that out, for especially for some of you cities where you no longer have open abortion clinics, but maybe you, you do have a love life presence and you do have trained mentors. That would be a good use of your mentors yeah. to, to offer them up as phone mentors to, to other cities. Um, so that, that's one of the things. Um, filling, um, filling the, the sidewalk with volunteers is no longer going to be present in, in a lot of those cities where yeah. abortion has been banned. And so those volunteers could really be used for the cities where abortion has increased for so many things like doing research yeah. in, in resources throughout the nation and then getting that, that information yeah. to, to counselors in places like, like here. So um, one of the things that Daniel's wife did that um, has been really helpful for us is, is she took our notes on where these women were coming from the, with this new influx. And yeah. there were four or five states that were predominantly where people were coming from. And what Courtney did was develop a resource list. Going to, she Googled. She basically Googled. Yeah. Google is our friend. You can learn so much through Google. And she found resources in all of those states and compiled it into a resource book that is available to our sidewalk counselors. Yeah. And that anyone can do. Yeah. You know, figure out where all the where are all of these people coming from um, and find out the resources in those different states. Um one thing that a volunteer earlier, you know, I said maybe you've got um, a lot of volunteers now that used to be on the sidewalk and they want something to do. Well, one thing they could do is is be is contact churches. Yeah, start contacting churches in the in these cities where these women are coming from, and talk to them about House of Refuge. Uh, just talk to them about the programs yeah. that they might have. Maybe they'd be willing to give a, um, you know, a child care scholarship yeah. to these moms. So, um, so those, those are all important things and valuable things that we've already done. One of the major things that we offer here in Charlotte that we really can no longer offer to people coming from far away is a baby shower. Right. And so I, I was brainstorming, well, how can we fill that need? Because it's so valuable yeah. to be able to tell the moms, you don't have to worry about getting things for your baby. They're, the church will cover that. And um, Amazon has baby registries. Yeah. And again, using volunteers to um, to kind of connect with churches in wherever the area is that the mom's traveling from yeah. and maybe being helping to coordinate a baby shower through an Amazon registry and through that church. Yeah. Yeah. We did that one time from, um, uh, you remember the situation, a young lady who ultimately she came here for an abortion. You connected with her and then ultimately she moved to South Dakota. Yeah. And you remember yeah, we did her an Amazon baby shower. She sent us a picture of like her whole front doorstep 
with all this stuff, and she was amazed. Filled with yeah. diapers. I remember her, she said the speci- uh, a very specific need was diapers for the ongoing um, sizes, too, because yeah. she was very poor, came from a Native American reservation. Um, and really, uh, p- poverty rampant. The church is already overrun trying to help the people, and diapers was the big need. And her room was literally filled with boxes of diapers yeah. that would get that baby through like the next two or three years. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and it's simply all it was was one of our volunteers here locally put together a registry, asked her what, what are some of the things that you would need. And, of course, there's some obvious things like diapers. Put together that registry, and then we just put it out on social media Said to doubt people that we know, hey, would you be willing to buy some of these items? And they just buy the items. You go on the registry, you buy them, and it automatically ships them over to the person who um, in that registry who's designated to receive those items. Right, yeah. So um, having a volunteer maybe from a state that's been a sidewalk counselor and no longer is because they yeah. don't need to be at this moment, having a volunteer maybe to set up that, to do that, but also to um, to to really reach out yeah. to to the sidewalk people in the states that are being deluged with abortions and asking, what do you need? What are the resources, yeah. the sorts of resources that you need, what areas, and compiling a list. Like what Courtney did for us here locally, I know that that was a lot of work. Yeah. Um, and we as sidewalk counselors wouldn't have the time to do that. But if there were, if there was someone that would be willing to do that kind of thing, having that list that then the, our sidewalk counselors now have this list. And when we see someone from Georgia, we can say, hey, we have a whole list of resources yeah. that, that we can offer you. Yeah. yeah. And I think at the top of the list on those resources is going to be pregnancy centers, right? So, for example, you folks here in California – and you're going to have an influx. You've probably already seen an influx of people from Texas and Arizona and uh, some other states maybe mm-hmm. around that have made abortion illegal. Having a list of pregnancy resource centers in Texas, I mean, you really want to look at what are some of the bigger cities that are nearer to where you are, right? What are some of the bigger cities in Texas where people would come from, uh, bigger cities in Arizona and other states, maybe even Idaho, Uh, Especially for those in Northern California, there's folks that are likely to come from Idaho and um, some of the other Midwest states for abortions there. And so, yeah, just trying to compile a list. You got to start somewhere. So I would start with the pregnancy centers, then maternity homes. And yeah, just put together that list. And however you format it, I mean, you could have one sheet per state or something like that. Mm -hmm. But either way, just having that list and being able to text it over to a woman who's there for an abortion. Now, I will say this, and this is really not in the article, I don't think, but you would think, and you'd be right, that it's a harder sell for someone who's come from six hours away or four hours away, right? It's a harder sell to say, well, you're already here, but actually you need to change your mind because you're about to kill your child. Right. And you may even feel a little bit like, like I don't know, I don't say guilty, but... I was like, well, I'm asking this person to drive. They essentially drove all the way here for nothing. Don't forget, no, they didn't drive all the way there for nothing. Right. They drove all, all the way there to kill their child. Yeah. And by God's grace and mercy, you were there. So whether they went six hours or 10 hours or 12 hours out of their way or whatever, they encountered you, a yeah. believer in Jesus who knows God and who shared the truth with them. Yeah. And so, yeah, they can definitely be inconvenienced with Drive back six hours and go back to where you came from. Don't kill your child. 
Um, But again, it can be a harder sell because they have uh, made some sacrifices to be there, right? Mm -hmm. They have taken a day off of work or two days off of work or whatever. And so, you know, maybe it's a little more of an uphill battle for sure. It's already an uphill battle, right? Um, But a little bit more of an uphill battle because you're asking them to go back to where they came from. But when God softens their heart, again, the work that we do is God's work. Right. And so when God softens their heart and they choose life, uh, no matter how far away they came from, um, think about that ride home. If if they're if they have that sense of relief, they've they've decided to do the right thing. They get to drive home with that sense of relief. Yeah. Um, One of the practical things you could do, though, that could help alleviate some of the stress or some of the strain or some of the excuses that they might have. I've heard that. I've heard that from people. We drove here for four hours. Um. You want me to drive back four hours and basically came here for no reason? Right. And the response is, no, you came here for a reason. You came here to know that there's help and that there are alternatives. Mm-hmm. But a practical way to alleviate that is maybe get some gas cards. I just wrote that down, Daniel. Yeah. Yes. You're almost as smart as me. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting there. I'm, I'm working on it. But yeah, have some gas cards. Yeah. Um, grocery you, cards. Grocery also. cards, yeah. too, could be helpful. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you definitely don't want to give them cash. We never right. give out cash. Right. right. But it could help. Oh, yeah. You've got to drive back four hours. I have a $50 gas card right here, or $75 gas card. You know what? This, this did happen, and we probably talked about this. I think we did mention the, these people, but who had driven 10 hours, and they were out of money. They had not eaten and they didn't have any gas. Yeah. And we did – so as, as kind of a, a strategy thing for for cities to think about um, is have churches, um, whoever, donating these gas cards and grocery cards because I was able yeah. to get them gas, get them groceries, and, um, and that helped them to get home. Um, so, yeah, that, I think that's a great suggestion and that's something that, that – Volunteers, churches yeah. in your area yeah. can help with, or churches and from other areas. We had a similar situation here just a couple of days ago, where someone drove eight hours, and um, we—I didn't know the resources. But you did, Daniel, and um, I knew that there was a a group of sidewalk counselors. They were not Love Life, yeah. But in this woman's area, and I so I contacted Daniel and Courtney actually, and they got me the contact information for this for this guy. And he then contacted. I was still counseling the woman. She had not chosen life yet, but I knew where she was, and I and I knew that if I could offer her, that there was there was going to be hope the moment she pulled into her driveway back home. That it was going, it could make the difference between yeah. life or death because it was a really hard situation. And um, by the time that she ultimately chose life, uh, at least for now, th- I I had contacted this sidewalk counselor who had contacted the people that help with resources in that entire state. Okay, had contacted. She was Hispanic, didn't speak English. Had already gotten me a Hispanic speaking person that would provide resources, and then I had called my own group of sidewalk team members, saying we might need housing for her because she said she might be kicked out when yeah. she went home, and there was really no reason for her to return home if the boyfriend was going to kick her out. And so we had these these network of people making calls had before she had even chosen life had found places for her to live here in Charlotte if it turns out she called the boyfriend and he said don't come home. Yeah. And we had a whole network already of resources for when 
she returned yeah. to um, to her community. So having a network of people, your team members, whatever, maybe they're, again, they're going to be volunteers from a church in the area that can make calls for you while you're in the midst of counseling so that you really do know I've got this yeah. that I can offer to you when you when you go home. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it is good as much as you can to do your research and have the information beforehand. Mm-hmm. But we've learned that on the fly, the mm-hmm. Lord can very graciously connect us and can kind of build a, that support network. I mean, essentially what we're doing is we're trying to all the excuses, well, I'm already here and mm-hmm. I don't have gas to get back or whatever. It's like, mm-hmm. well, we got a gas card for you. Well, my boyfriend's going to kick me out. Oh, yeah. Well, we have a network of people that actually have a place for you to stay. Mm-hmm. Oh, when you get back to Tennessee, actually, we have a pregnancy center that we can connect you with. We have right. a Spanish speaking. You know, if you can kind of take away every excuse. Now, again, we can't answer every question. We can't give a resource for everything. We can't mm-hmm. you know, throw money at the situation. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, God's got to change their heart. But it's really cool. And effective when you can show them that for every struggle that they offer, that they put up there as an excuse, there's a corresponding answer and a corresponding resource. And yeah. there, there is, right? Yeah. There's these, all this stuff out there in all of these states yeah. um, that really makes abortion it, – it, it, you, you don't – it's not your only option, right? It's not. And, you know, I, I don't think we have done this with Love Life yet, but I think it's actually not a bad idea that occurs to me is some of you listening are going to be in a place where there is no Love Life presence. Maybe you're not a part of Love Life, but you do have resources. Yeah. And I would say contact Love Life. Go to lovelife.org. I'm sure there's a contact, right? We can yeah. contact and let them know. We have such and such resources that we want to make sure your missionaries know are available if if you ever have a need in our state. Yeah. And I think that would be very valuable in helping us to develop the resource list in the cities where we are. Yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah. Well, with that, I think we're ready to wrap this episode up. What mm-hmm. do you think? Yep. Yeah. So we hope this was an encouragement and a blessing to you guys. And uh, we hope that all of these episodes are. We would strongly encourage you guys to leave us a review on whatever podcast service that you use. Just leave us a five-star review, and uh, we'd be blessed by that if you are blessed by this episode. We'd also like to hear from you. Maybe you have a word of encouragement. We've gotten a few words of encouragement over the past couple of weeks of some of these episodes just being a blessing to people. We'd love to hear from you on that stuff. If there's maybe um, some episodes you'd like for us to cover, some subjects you'd like for us to cover in episodes, we'd love to cover those. You can reach out to us. You can reach me, Daniel, at lovelife.org. You reach her, Vicky, with a Y, at lovelife.org. I know Vicki would love to hear from you. Right. But until next time, God bless. God bless you all. Give me an outlet for love. Give me an outlet for gratitude. I know it will cost me my life. Nothing's too Precious since I met you